Welcome back to Words from the Woods, a Trails Rock podcast. We have an exciting episode today as we wrap up February and American Heart Health Month with an episode about cardiac issues in the running community. Mary Eggers, a healthcare professional with experience from practicing to teaching, is joining us to talk about heart health, what you should know, why you should know it, and so much more. I will share my story of a little scare from a few weeks back, and Mary will share her story of giving CPR to a runner at the finish line of a race. Before we jump in, though, a few reminders. Trails Rock has group runs multiple times each week, welcoming runners of all abilities. And we're currently hosting something called the Crescent Trail Project, where we break down the Crescent Trail into segments that are manageable. Anyone who's completed the project in the past or does this year, we are selling some really cool Crescent Trail Project hats. Check our social media and trailsrock.org for details on that. Our last runner standing race is coming up soon on March 11th. It's really a one-of-a-kind race for this area. You race against the clock until you can't make the cutoff anymore. Details are on the website at trailsrock.org. And finally, the Trail Runner of the Year series race registrations are open for most races and beginning to fill up. Medved Madness, the second race in this series, still has some openings. Sheila and I will be there, along with a who's who in the local trail scene. Join us and the team from Medved for a great race and post-race barbecue. Today's song, bringing us in, is titled Love, Love, perfect for Heart Health Month. All right, just like that, we're live, we're back. Um, we wanted to introduce our guest today, um, Mary Eggers, a triathlete, a sometimes trail runner, um, a mother, a nurse, a coach, um, and even a fellow podcaster. She recently started um, a podcast called um, the Surrounded by Valor podcast. Um, I'm sure there's so much more to who Mary is, and we'll, we'll hopefully get to that today. But welcome. We're so glad to have you. Thank you guys for having me. What did I miss? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. I got it all. Yeah, you I, got I, it I all. I described who you were. So, uh, well, February is um, American Heart Health Month. Health Month. It's also um, Black History Month. It's a million different things going on in this month. But we thought an opportunity to talk about heart health um, with everything that's sort of going on right now. It's like in the forefront of everything, right? When the DeMar Hamlin situation happened, um, it jumped to the front of the newspapers, every radio show, every TV show, everybody was just talking about it. Um, and we thought this would be a perfect opportunity to talk about heart health and what runners can do, what they could look out for, those sort of things. Um, and, and a perfect time to do that would be during Heart Health Month. So um, that's what we're going to be talking about today. So why don't we start off with talking about CPR since the DeMar Hamlin yeah. thing really kind of brought that, like Eric said, to the forefront. Um, especially, I think, like when you're an athlete and you're in such great shape, yeah. you don't think that CPR is something that you need to know about. So yeah. what do you think about that? Um you know, what happened to him was such a miracle. And, you know, sure. unfortunately, or maybe not unfortunately, but we don't get to know the root cause. Right. Um, everyone suspects it might be commotion cordis, which is really kind of interesting because, honestly, you probably have a better chance of winning Mega Millions twice than that <laughs> happening to you, especially with the padding on, on football players. Right. Like That's usually a ball to the chest kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But it was such a good illustration of how good CPR immediately can save someone's life. Mm -hmm. 
do you um, have any resources or any idea where people, if they wanted to get yeah. certified in CPR, yeah. where could they go? The American Red Cross is probably the best resource. And like back in the day, I don't know you because we were lifeguards together. Yeah. We're not together, but at the same era. But do you remember like back in the day, you used to do a very complicated CPR. And yeah. Our, our mannequins had the, you know, the strips. Yes. And it was really cumbersome. They've really, through research, have, you know, pared it down to like, what do we really need to do? Mm-hmm. And they offer courses, you know, sometimes at races, like at Ironman races, mm-hmm. you can learn oh, hands-on really? CPR in two minutes. Like okay. right, like yeah. at a pre-race meeting or something yeah, like that? Yeah, or they'll like have okay. a little station, like as you're going through the expo. That's awesome. Because they have found, you know, they've changed the ratios of yeah, breathing to compressions. And, and one thing my dad used to say to me is he's like, oh my God, I'm always just like, if I come upon someone, what if I hurt them? And I'm like, you can't hurt someone who's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Just start compressing. Right. Don't worry. Like it doesn't have to be it, high quality CPR is ideal. Right. But you know, you're not going to hurt someone who's already dead. Right. Right. <laughs> but I'd say the American heart or I'm sorry, the American Red Cross is probably the most accessible. Yeah. We, um, last year, right around this time, um, as a organization, we decided we wanted everyone on the board to be um, wilderness first aid certified oh, and CPR certified. So, so mm-hmm. um, we signed up, we actually opened it up to members of the public and we had a, a pretty big group join us, um, to get those certifications. And, you know, I've done it. I can't even tell you how many times I've done the CPR certification, but every time it's so good to, I go into it. So annoyed. Yes, I'm like, Oh my yes, God, I have I to do, do this again. again. <laughs> but then once it starts, it's like, Oh yes, I, I really need to remember to do it in this yes. and do it like that. And, um, I think I, how deep the compressions are too. Yes. It's always kind of like very surprising. unnerving. Yeah. yeah. It is. So it's, I think it's good yeah. to re up certs anyways, just right. from that standpoint of remembering like, Oh yeah, it's, you have to, you have to push. Like, and, yes. Yeah. I think that's true. That's one of the things they talked about in, um, in the bills game is that, that they actually practiced this. Yeah. Right. And I think, you know, in nursing and other mm-hmm. things, if you don't do things all the time, they really can slip. It's not like riding a bike, like exactly. it, the, the memory of it might be, but actually doing it, it takes a minute to, Oh my God, I, I got to really got to, And it's exhausting. Like CPR really is, is exhausting. Yeah. Um, if you're really, really going at it. Right. Yeah. And it's like, sometimes it's good to have multiple people they can trade yeah. off. If you're waiting for, you know, first responders to arrive, having, multiple people is really beneficial. Yeah. People are always surprised. Like if you've ever done CPR on a person, it's like, it's very unnerving and you, depending on the person and their bone integrity, you might feel their sternum crack. Right. And as bad as this sounds, that's not a horrible thing. You know what I mean? Um, But it's, it's, you know, there are floor, like when I was working in the hospital, I was in pediatric emergency and, you know, there are code teams okay. who, you know, respond mm-hmm. to codes. There's some floors that like, they don't do a lot of CPR. So mm-hmm. they're, you know, and while they're, you know, usually they'll jump into action right, right away. Um, there's always a dedicated team, but it's so true. If you don't re-up those certifications, um, those skills really slip. Yeah. Um, speaking of those skills slips. So thankfully we've never, I've never had to give CPR in person, whether at a pool at the lake or at any of our events, but you, you have, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that story. Was it, it was a triathlon. Yeah, you so were I was at, and, and I've done tons of CPR, what I do in the, work, I did in the hospital. Work, yeah. So, but it, that's in my environment where I've right. got oxygen, I've got doctors, we have drugs, like <laughs> right, it's better yeah. if you have it in my environment. 
So and I was like on the an, side of a road. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was at the finish line and I was announcing it was Summer Sizzler. And I can't remember what year, like 2012 ish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I announced this man coming across and then I announced the next guy and then someone screamed my name and I just happened to look and one of the medics was doing CPR on the guy I just announced. Oh, so I hop the fence, I jump in, we're trading off and on. And by the grace of God, the next person through the line was my friend, Bob, who's a triathlete, who's a PICU nurse. Oh, and is, so he comes over. Right from the right finish after line. That, I was just going to say from the serious line. line. <laughs> right after him. I don't know if you remember Kathleen Hayden. She's a local physician. She, I think she lives in Florida now. She came she across next. So oh, it was God. really bizarre. And here we are doing CPR on him. Um, and I don't even know where all the equipment came from, but at some point we got an AED, okay, which was, you know, what we were able by the, you know, make a long story short, by the time we got him on the ambulance, he had a pulse. Okay. And what was even more bananas is that like a month and a half later, he lived in Grand Island. Um, they, they were, they had a kind of a celebration where we got to meet him. And oh, I've okay. never met anyone I did CPR like, on. Yeah. yeah. They either don't make it or they go to the ICU and it was like, the craziest moment. Like I just got so emotional. And he was sure. like, thank you guys. And I was like, holy cats. Last time I saw you, you were dead. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? That's but wild. what was crazy too is like, you know, everyone's standing around and my husband and son were watching and it was the first time, like my husband was like, oh, seeing you almost oh. at work. Yeah. He's yeah. like, that's what you guys do in the hospital. And I'm like, yeah. And yeah. it was good for everyone to see it. Um, and, and score this was managing the race at the time. And Rich Clark, who's the race director, um, who's the race director of that race is such a stickler on safety. Yeah. And so an ambulance was like very right close there. and the medical team was right there. So it really speaks yeah. to those medical practices. I think it's so important to think about that too, in the sense of where are your ambulances, right? right? So like for all of our events, something that we've always done from day one is a lot of these places around Rochester and it might be this way around the country, but it's yeah. volunteer yes. departments, right? Yes. And so we ask, Hey, can you stage at our, at our and race. And they always say yes, but so we always a portion of our race funds always go to them. That's so good. Um, so that we're not we're not like trying to contract with them yeah. because they're volunteers, but we're trying to support the stations at the same yeah, time. That's great. Um, but and we then always you have medical yeah. personnel. Right. And we've had a few incidents um, where nothing big, but like somebody at Zero SPF one year, like they fell down, like they they finished the finish, they went and they just got lightheaded and they just went to the ground <laughs> and. The ambulance was like literally six right feet away oh, so and they lovely. were sitting outside, like on the, basically on the tailgate of the ambulance and they just took the person, they just needed some cool air in the ambulance. The air conditioner was running and yeah. you know, they had him on the bed in there. And then the person was more embarrassed than anything oh, yeah. else. Um, but, but having that first responder at an event is so important. That's why we decided that we were going to get our certifications because just in case right yeah like, like if you take let's take many on the jenny for example so that splits two sides of the river and it's 20 miles essentially on each side, side. so yeah. if some if somebody is running off the front of that event they could be before we even cross the river they could be 12 15 miles ahead yeah and if something happened at both parts of that at the same time what do you do? So we actually have two crews for that That's one. Great. One crew sort of follows the front half of the pack and one crew follows the back. And then they cross over the river once the last runner is crossed over and they split the back half, which is really pretty remote right. at that point. So at least their access points they're closer to. But 
um, to not have those. I mean, I have participated in some events where I don't think there was anybody there. And it's like, oh, what happens now? You know, and it's like very, I don't, I didn't think about it at the time, but now as a race director or as these incidents happen, you think about them. Um, but we talk about like, it happens a lot to athletes. Mm -hmm. So without getting into the weeds of COVID and the <laughs> oh vaccines. <my> so <laughs> I did a, I did a Google search where I went from January 1st, 1980 to January 1st, 2020 to avoid COVID Smart. and to avoid the Smart. vaccines. And for people under the age of 35 that were participating in sports, there was 30,000 incidents that came up. And wow. that's, that's going back. What was that about? you know, about a 40 year span. Mm -hmm. And then you start looking at, I started looking at the National Institute of Health mm -hmm. and all these, and they've been studying this issue for years. And it's like, what's going on with um, athletes, athletes we would think right. are so fit, right? right How come this is right. happening and always has been happening? Yeah. It, it, Ironman is an event yes. where it's six, significantly higher than any other event. What do you uh -huh. think is going on there? That's a good question because, you know, a lot of the Ironman deaths happen in the swim. Right. So it, mm. is it is it because they're experiencing swimmer-induced pulmonary edema, which mm. is SIPE, which is a big possibility? Right. Or what's going on in the water? I mean, like, I, they used to do a big mass start of, like, 2,500 people. <laughs> yeah, runs. kicking and, and scratching. Yes, and, and in 2008, like, I, I swim up in front because I'm a swimmer. Right. And I got... a grade three concussion in the swim, oh, but, and that was a disaster. But what that helped is I got to be part of the conversation of how can we make these swims safer? safer. Right. Yeah. And cause there was really like, now they have, you know, places where people can grab on, but still they're happening. So I don't think they've quite figured it out. So I wonder like, you know, are these like the sudden cardiac arrest is an electrical problem. Mm -hmm. Myocardial infarction is a blood flow problem that can become a cardiac arrest. Right. Sudden cardiac arrest. So it's, you know, who knows? I mean, but it just seems like an awful lot. Like what's going on in the in start the of the swim? Yeah, that's interesting. And I don't know that many people who don't show up to an Ironman ready to go. Right. You know well, what right. I mean? You're looking at covering yeah. so many miles over yeah. the course of the day. Right. So, You're prepared, yeah, right? Exactly. Like, you really can't not be. Right? Exactly. Can't and I mean, not be. Is that yeah. <laughs> and as I've, as I've noticed these cases happen in the swim, it's not people who are last it's like mid packers people right. who swim so people, people who, who are have good history shape. of doing right. races so it's really interesting you know right right it's a big mystery huh. yeah i was just gonna say is there anything that as an athlete you can do to protect yourself then yeah we have an athlete actually who she's a very good swimmer very strong athlete mm -hmm. and a couple of years ago she was looking up like the, what are the symptoms of sipe you know why because she was feeling she was having trouble in the swim right she was feeling very short of breath mm -hmm. she was starting to feel congested um and one of the hallmark signs is if you start to like cough up you know sputum mm -hmm. and if it's pink mm. which is tough to tell in the swim especially the if you're water. racing yeah. right so what she does and she's she this happened after several ironmans right you know, like she didn't start developing this so she actually she'll put her wetsuit on at home she like mm. drives with heat on in her car she gets really warmed up she lets the race go and then she'll start so she'll start 30 minutes behind, or 30 huh. seconds behind the pack okay um because she feels she's like if she gets caught up in stuff, then she gets, starts to go too hard, but she's been able to manage it. Mm. However, she's gone to Europe and started in very cold water, same thing. And she'd had to pull out because she she's able to recognize that that's happening. Right, right. Yeah. So I always say like, if you feel anything different, mm. 
It is too big yeah. of an issue. It's bigger than a finish line. Right. Do not hesitate to stop. To stop. Spit into your hand. Yeah. Is it pink? Like this right. is not the time to be a hero. You know. Is that condition something that can that runners can experience also, or is that more just that's for first, that's more in the swim? Okay. Yeah. That's yeah. I'd be interested to see if there's something like that. You know, at a starting mm-hmm. line. You know. Right. You know. Right. I always say at the corporate challenge, there's mm-hmm. those people who go like <laughs> five minute yeah. mile pace for. Those are events are interesting, right? Because something like the corporate challenge, it brings in your, the area's best runners, but it also brings in people that haven't run a step since last year. So they maybe show up once a year to run the corporate challenge and maybe they are a little bit older, a little bit more out of shape than they've been in the past. And then you can get caught up in that. And um, if you have sort of a heart issue that maybe you didn't know about, um, it could really get exasperated by the running. So exactly. like, I guess that's a question. Um, I had an incident um, actually on my birthday just a few yeah. weeks ago. So I have colitis, ulcerative colitis, which I didn't, I was dealing with a little bit of a flare up, um, but I was never really considered like chest pain to be part of it. And I woke up with chest pain and I was just like, I got up, I went to the bathroom. I don't like have heartburn or anything yeah. like that. I eat spicy food. Um, we own a, a hot sauce company like you know i'm like so i've never dealt with heartburn or anything like that so i was like i don't think that's what it is i'm googling everything and um you know it just wasn't going away it was like this like um, like an ache that was just constantly there and then i was like oh my gosh i'm like i'm as out of shape as i've ever been because i haven't been running much and i'm like i'm heavier than i've ever been i'm like and i'm in my 40s and i'm like sitting there just thinking about this and then eventually you know she got up might have been six o'clock in the morning. I was like, uh, I think we should probably go to the emergency room. Yeah, I think you were like, maybe we should wait a little bit and no. see. And yeah. I was like, we're just, we're going to go. Good. Yeah. So, we're I, gonna go. so I went, we did the whole workup. It, it seemingly, it possibly, because it's completely, they don't have an idea. We did all yeah. the tests, but it seems like fine. it possibly came from the issues that were stemming from my colitis were causing strain yeah. on muscles, yep. you know, and like the inflammation between the lining there yeah. could have been aggravated is what they were sort of assuming. But when I met with my doctor afterwards, she talked about there are the predictable heart events and the unpredictable heart events. So what, what are those sort of look like? Those look, well, the, the obvious unpredictable would be the sudden onset cardiac arrest. Right. And yeah. that I always say quote predictable is like the myocardial infarction or anything surrounding cardiovascular disease. And when you look at those, I mean, it's hard. Runners don't have as many of those modifiable risk factors. Like most runners aren't sedentary. Most runners aren't obese. You know, there's a difference between a couple extra pounds and morbidly obese. There's a big difference. Mm -hmm. Most of them don't have diabetes, type one or type two. Most of them don't have, um, don't smoke. (laughs) It's always the smokers. I'm like most, you always see one now. I do know a few smokers that run run Isn't it so interesting? They seem to never have a problem. But I mean, I mean, like my husband has high cholesterol. He's a athlete. I was just gonna say he's an yeah, athlete. he's a yeah. great athlete. And mm-hmm. but if his is genetic, mm-hmm. hypertension right. can be genetic. So okay. those are not modifiable. So right. I, I mean, so that leaves runners with like high cholesterol and hypertension. So like that, <laughs> it it's almost sort of if it was a predictable, yeah. you would sort of know. Exactly. Like if, yeah. if somebody climbed the stairs and they were out of breath, yes, maybe yes. they shouldn't sign up for the local five k just yet. Yeah. Um, but those unpredictable ones might be things that are what, like, um, like a birth also defect that you didn't know about. Exactly. Like so my like, son, our, our son had an atrial septal defect, which was a hole between the two top chambers okay. of his heart. 
And um, our pediatrician found it when he was six weeks old. She sent us to the heart center. They're okay. like, nah, it's fine. Send him home. And the reason, like, it was so big that you couldn't hear it. The smaller the hole, okay. the louder the sound. It's like when you put your thumb over the end of a hose. Huh. And when they found it, the cardio cardiologist was like, these are the heart defects kids die of on the basketball court when they're 16. So, yeah, because maybe yes. they just go it's through a, and then. Yes. Yeah. 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 So I guess. So you had someone that said that's not a big deal and just like sent you home. Right. So like I think everyone we know, especially young, fit people goes to a doctor and they basically say, and I'm not trying to no, say anything yeah. bad, but they say you're healthy yes. and, and we don't you're know fine. what this is. So go home. Yes. And you're like, Oh my, and now maybe you have anxiety. Right. And so maybe if you were having an issue now you, you have exasperated it, what should you do? Like I always tell people like when your doctor says no, ask them to put it in your chart. Yeah. Right. So like what else can someone do if, if they feel like something's not right, right. and I need, to see someone, you're not helping me. What can, what can they do? I always say that doctors treat the sick, not the unwell. Mm. So, and I've had a lot of athletes go through things like this. I'm tired. They tell me to stop exercising. Yeah. You really got to advocate for yourself. Like you understand that I'm an athlete, not to be like, oh, I'm an athlete, <laughs> but like, this yeah. is normal for me. Right. So fatigue, could we, it's almost like you have to say, could you check my iron? You know, I had an athlete yeah. who was bit by a tick last year and he had to really advocate for himself to get tested for that. Really? Yeah. Huh. And the doctor's like, no, nah, you're fine. He's like, I'm not fine. It's unfortunately, you, you just have to keep advocating. Right. I actually just saw a new uh, primary care physician today who also treats my husband. And he's like, you have a huge history of cancer on your father's mm -hmm. side. And it'd be really easy if you're saying things are okay to like let you go home. Right. right. Yeah. But I want to be careful. And I was like, whoa, well, that's the first time I've ever heard a physician say that to me. Yeah. Usually they're like, oh, don't do the Iron Man. Yeah. You know, and I, and I was just and there to like, have well, a check. I'm do that, so. Yeah. He's like, we should just as routinely check your blood work and stuff. Right. My previous doctor, I had to go through Inside Tracker to pay for my own blood work. Right. Wow. And um, when I presented it to her, She's like, well, why didn't you come to me? And I was like, I did. I did. Yeah. So it irritated her enough to do routine blood work. Right. right. But unfortunately, we, we always say don't Google it, but right. you got to because that's that's the world we live in. So I would say advocate. I think, advocate. Yeah. Um, I, I've learned that, you know, my, my father was sick with a multitude of things for many years before he passed. And um, sometimes my mom would drive me nuts with the way she treated nurses. But at the end of the day, what we learned from it was you have to advocate for yourself because everybody's too overwhelmed to really yes. advocate for you. Like, you know, you've been in these spots as a nurse where like you have all of these patients and you have all of these families and they all want all of you, yeah. but you can't give all of you. So like you have to advocate. And yes. like, I think, um, having someone that can do that for you too. Sometimes if you are the sick yes. one, like there was, you stepped out at one point to run and grab a snack while we were in the emergency room. And of course, like that's when they come in with the x-ray machines and all that, because sometimes, <laughs> and I feel like I have no, I'll ask anything. I don't care. Yeah, like that's yeah. just my personality. Yeah, yeah. But I think having another person there sometimes too, to say, what about blank? Oh my God, I forgot to ask yes, about that. Yes. So like, I don't know, there was some things that you were like, and, and just to be what should I look for? Right. Like, yeah. yeah. One of the things I taught my students to do, cause sometimes 
when people are overwhelmed, they can, if they feel challenged, they can get defensive. So mm-hmm. that's why, you know, some doctors are like, oh, just be quiet or nurses are like, whatever. Yeah. So I always taught them to phrase it as, can you educate me on like, mm. I've got, you know, these symptoms and I know that I shouldn't do Google research, but I did. So what do you think of, can you teach me? Can right. you educate me? Those, that phrase has been like almost yeah. 100% successful. <laughs> I like that. It like kind of flips it Yeah. Around. Like I want to understand instead wanna, of. And I want your experience and, yes, and yes, yeah, to, yes to share to me. And I know that sounds like you're patronizing your healthcare provider, but yeah. sometimes if you just take a step back and, you know, ask to be taught. Right. More often than not, they'll be willing. Right. You know. Yeah. Well, and I think, I mean, I don't think doctors or nurses are trying to do anything bad. So I think, no, but so I, I mean, I think though, sometimes it's easy for them to forget. Yes. Like if you're just a regular old person who doesn't have medical training, you know, and you're experiencing these symptoms that are, are scary or you've never had before. Exactly. You want to know exactly what's happening or why it's happening. Exactly. And I think healthcare providers also need to be confident enough to say, look, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It's okay to say that. Yeah. I would rather a doctor tell me that than be like, you're fine, go home. Because <laughs> yeah. there's always a let's, let's, I don't know. It's like what you say in education too. Yeah. I don't know, but let's find out. That's what I was just going to say. <laughs> yeah. We can Google that together. Yes, exactly. So I, I actually have no problem with like a healthcare professional saying like, I don't know, yeah. let's find out because yeah. I would rather have that than them one, make something up exactly. or two, dismiss it. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, I've had to really fight for a number of tests and this, you know, other things. And um, I, sometimes I feel like we shouldn't have to do that, but I know totally. that we live in this world of insurance. We live in this world mm-hmm. of corporate medicine. And it's like, it, you hear other places where they just go in, they walk in, they talk to a doctor and they pay nothing and they leave. Yes. And if they need something else, the doctor's not looking for like a prior authorization from the insurance mm-hmm. company. Like the insurance company is going to tell my doctor whether I can give a stress test or not. Yeah. It seems crazy, right? Yeah. But that is the world that we live in. And I think in, if you don't push back. Exactly. Um, it's so much is in your presentation. Unfortunately, you know, yeah. one thing I always told my patients, especially parents is like, especially parents, your gut instinct is always right. That if something's not wrong, I mean, if something's not right, listen to that. Don't, right. don't let anyone tell you otherwise. There's nothing stronger. <laughs> so like when we talk about parents, mm-hmm. um, one of the things I wanted to get to at some point, I'm glad you brought it up, mm-hmm. is um, our high school and young athletics. So we're seeing stuff happen. And we always have, if you look at these yeah, resources. Yeah, yeah. That's ha- like you said, the 16-year-old on a basketball court that mm-hmm. didn't know there was a hole in the heart. Yeah. Um, what should our high schools and our youth leagues and and the People rec leagues who work with kids. what should they have on site and what training should they have and, and what what's going on what should they have there to make sure if something happens we can help this person yeah. aed there's been like a couple stories and i can't think of where it was where like a kid collapsed on the field and someone couldn't find the aed oh, like if we have enough money to have this sports team like aeds mm-hmm. are about two grand which is a lot for a single person, but not a lot for school districts to have on hand. Mm-hmm. And they're, when you, if you've ever used an AED on someone, it feels like you're in slow motion, yeah. but you're not, you know, just and, and literally the sort of telling you what to exactly. do. Exactly. It'll yeah. tell you what to do. It'll feel like it's taking four times as long, but it'll literally tell you what to do. Yeah. You can't shock a flat line. Like right. it won't do right. that. You can't shock accidentally. But that if I really think every athletic trainer 
on that field should have one. They, I mean, Just I know the Bills like, might yeah. have a little more money. There was <laughs> a, a really bit. good video that uh, I think it was is his name, Sanjay Gupta, the um, yeah. CNN doctor. If you Google that, mm. they do like a 15 minute thing about how the NFL has this medical team. Like yeah. people are like, why didn't they put him on the Demar Hamlin on the ambulance sooner? Because they but literally they had an to. emergency department right, right there, there on the field. But like, mm. um, a, a, maybe a city school district might not have that resource. Right. right. So, but I think, you know, it's important that people donate those items, that they have those, that they understand hands-on CPR mm -hmm. and you have to go through the drill. You yeah. know, everyone laughs, you know, I don't know if they still do fire drills in school, they do. Yeah. but you know, like if that were to happen, like you guys know what to do. Right. right you know, yeah. And as annoying as it is, you know, yeah. Um, we did mock codes in the hospital, mm -hmm. even in an emergency department right. where we would go through scenarios um, like maybe before race day, like race, when I've announced score this meetings, they have a safety meeting. Right. Here's our plan. If we have a separate channel case. for emergencies, who's the, you know, hands, who's the breath, that kind of thing. Like it's, it, it's so worth that practice. It's always interesting to me as a teacher, because mm -hmm. we are not required to be CPR certified. <sighs> and I always think like in the summer, there's always some days of professional development where yeah. we're learning teacher things. And yeah. I'm like, it doesn't take long to learn CPR right. and you would think that they would just bring someone in right. and say like everybody, all of the adults in this building are going to be certified. Yeah. And God forbid something happened in your classroom right. and you didn't save or them. The you would be canceled. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh yeah. And, and also emotionally, like totally. I just, you'd also be ruined. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know what, at what age can a kid learn to do CPR? Honestly, I think, that's a like a, par a parental judgment call. Yeah. I've had kids come through emergency whose like eight-year-old brother did CPR on them right. because they saw it on Grey's Anatomy right. or something. Yeah. And I'm like, and they did it right. I'm, I'm so impressed because nobody ever does it right. Or they shock flat lines on TV. Right, right. All so, the TV shows are so God, I can't watch anything. I'm like, you can't shock a flat line. Stop. We are currently, what are we currently? Um, New, Amsterdam. New Amsterdam. I just started watching, watching that. And every episode, I'm like, this is so stupid. I'm like, that's not how it works. And they don't park right at the door. Don't get providers pay to park a mile away. Yeah, I was just gonna say, but like, yeah, like you know, place. kids do pick stuff up like that, and then yeah. you know that one kid. So I, I really think it's a good a parental it's, call, like if yeah. you know, or if nothing else, if someone goes down, I mean, everyone has a phone. How do you call them? Right. right. You know, yeah, that's the biggest kids thing. That. Yeah. I've seen so many stories of children knowing how yes. to do that, but with our cell phones and they're locked, and sometimes we yeah. lock them to keep our kids out. Yeah. We should also teach our children. How to get the 911 service. Exactly. It's not the same as it used to be where you just picked up the phone, right? Right on the wall and you press <laughs> the three buttons. So we should be teaching that too, probably. Yeah. So. And so, and, and the 911 um, dispatcher will walk them through. Right. The, I mean, they're trained to do. Yeah, that's a fascinating stuff, thing. So. So. Yeah. Um, I think we need to take a quick break right. um, and then we'll come right back. And I, there's a few things that I still want to touch on, and yeah. especially with um, young people, what runners can do, mm -hmm. um, what to look for if you're out in the woods with somebody, oh, how to handle those situations. So let's take a quick break. We'll come right back and, and talk about that stuff. All right, we're back. Um, so we were talking a little bit about what schools and facilities and organizations can do. Um, but what about um, kind of runners themselves? What, what can they do? What, what should people be doing? People should be getting checkups once a year 
And I know that's not, you know, identifying if you have any modifiable risk factors, taking care of those. So that would be like, well, you talked about a little bit earlier, but yeah. just to clarify. High cholesterol, okay. um, hypertension. And again, sometimes they're genetic. Sometimes you can do things about those and those do happen in runners. You know, mm -hmm. my husband's a great example. Um, if you're a smoking runner, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I would probably quit, but uh, yeah. um, you know, so modify the risk factors that you can. You can't do mm -hmm. anything about genetics. Um, but you yeah. would each year need to need to have that check to even yeah. know, right? So like, yeah. how would I know I have high cholesterol if I'm rocking a, a six pack and I'm running 15 yeah. miles at a hard pace, but I went in and my blood work was wrong. I wouldn't know unless I had that exactly. done, right? Okay. So during your annual physical, you should have a complete, you know, blood work, blood panel. Everybody should do that. That should be standard part of your physical. If it's not, advocate yeah. for that. I was just going to ask. For sure, advocate for that. Yeah. So you would also say then, annual physical regardless yes so i have a good example of this i when i was was healthy for a long time other than the colitis which i wasn't mm -hmm. seeing my general primary. practitioner yeah i wasn't seeing my primary i would just see my gastro once a year i wasn't going in and they dropped me and i didn't know so i called to make an appointment i was like when i turned 40 i was like hey i'm 40 let me get in and they're like you're not a patient here and i'm like i've been a patient there for 10 years and they're like when's the last time you came in and i'm like I couldn't tell you. <laughs> I was like, when I got my referral out, you know, it's like, yeah. so you, you think that no matter how fit we are, no matter we how fit you are, um, do that once a year. just because I mean, things mm -hmm. are picked up, you know, right. like my dad had multiple myeloma and that's one of the most difficult cancers to be picked up. And he mm -hmm. was seeing his doctors. So mm -hmm. like if he hadn't seen his doctor, right. they would have never caught it. Right. Um, you know, that routine blood work is so important. And I'm, you know, I'm a nurse, so I'm the worst patient. When I worked in, you know, this is before, you know, uh, electronic charting. Like when I worked in emergency, we just kind of treated each other. Yeah. <laughs> I went yeah. like five yeah. years without seeing a physician. That's true. I worked in the emergency room in college as a yeah. secretary yeah. and I would just go to them. Yeah. Like, hey, I'd be like, Can come here, just... come here. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would wave them over yeah. and they'd be so annoyed at me. And I'm like, I just, I'm here. Yeah, I'm already here. Exactly. <laughs> They're like, you're just hung over. And I'm like, <laughs> right. <laughs> when I, when I finally got a doctor, she was like, you guys cannot treat each other. Yeah. Like on your record, it looks like you've had no doubt. Nothing. Right. right. So, and then, you know, I was like, I need to be responsible. So you, you have to be responsible. You have to keep those yeah. appointments, especially we're over 40, you know, or I'm over 40. At least. <laughs> um, you know, you have to get those routine things done yeah. and you really got to, I mean, commit to modifying the things you can. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you can't worry about, you can't get worked up about the things you can't control. Right. right? Um, and the other thing, like I, I told my husband today, I'm like, sometimes you just got to be like, YOLO, I got to live a good life. Yeah. He, can't, he can't do anything about his cholesterol. Right. Um, and, and he's a great athlete. So so he, he probably takes medicine for it and then yeah, he, what takes, he eats a little exactly. bit. Exactly. Yeah. And he's one of the healthiest eaters I know, right. you know, which is, if you look at him, you're like, how does that guy have high cholesterol? Right. That's right. kind of the example oh, yeah. I was giving, right? He was on statins. He took himself off because right. there can be some tendon issues. Right. So, yep. you know, he looks at all the alternative things, but it's like, you just can't worry about yeah. it then, you yeah. know? Stay healthy and monitor what you exactly. can. Exactly. And, and have a good life. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I think having that yearly yeah. blood work done too gives you like a baseline to be able Absolutely. to monitor things. And if something changes, yes. advocate for, for blood work sooner. Yeah. I have a history of anemia. And it took me go, you know, using inside tracker to mm -hmm. show my doctor that I was, and then she started doing it quarterly. Right. Like insurance usually picks that up. So, right. Um, before, before we jump into some yeah. of the other questions, I'm, I have 
you know, Instagram sometimes is the devil, <laughs> yes. but the inside tracker <laughs> yes. influencers, they will push it for everybody. What do you think about these programs where I can, I can track my glucose with an app say, that tells we... me what I'm eating so, and inside tracker is going to tell me so my blood work and my performance. What do you yeah. think about this so, stuff? I talk, let me talk about a continuous glucose monitor. Yeah. So I grew up with a type one diabetic brother yeah. and back in the eighties, we tested glucose by urine, right? Dipping oh, really? urine, which it meant even the wasn't even the blood thing. So, which meant you were behind and your glucose. Significantly behind. So he was a disaster. My dad was similar. Yeah. Right? So then came blood testing and yeah. stuff. So when, and, and I remember like when the insulin pumps and stuff came out, it was very difficult for him. I'm like, you know, looking at everyone, all these athletes are wearing these glucose monitors. I'm like, where the heck were you in the nineties? Right. Cause when they didn't we... want to be seen with the pump right. even. Exactly. Yeah. He was very like self-conscious about anyone ever seeing that. Mm -hmm. But I was like, I couldn't believe it. And like, he was one of the first to test, I think a continuous glucose monitor. Mm -hmm. okay. So when I'm seeing people wear them, I'm like, Okay, so if you're a healthy person, right. your glucose is usually between 80 and 120. And it's going to move. Right. <laughs> if you eat a bag of mellow cream pumpkins, yeah. just, your glucose <laughs> will go up. Right. But you have insulin and that'll bring it down. Right. And if you, you know, so your body has the ability to regulate. Right. So I think, honestly, a continuous glucose monitor for it, a healthy, a healthy person, person is bananas. Save it your money. It so much <laughs> feels like, like to me like you said, save your money. It just all of these things. Yes. Right. Um, and I I'll give you, <laughs> we'll get to your questions. I swear. Yeah, yeah. But the, no, these good. influencers, I think what, what some of them doing, what are doing they're it's dangerous. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I just read a report that just came out. They surveyed anonymously, like 5,000 of them. Yeah. And almost all of them are using performance enhancing drugs to look the way they look, but they're selling a product a glucose monitor, right. a live stream, like what all my, what's going on in my system, all this right. stuff that's Splenses. going on, but they aren't being honest about it. So I think exactly. it's, you know, you might want to look like that person and perform like that person, but they aren't doing it the way they exactly. say they're doing it. Um, and I know that's off the topic of yeah, what we're talking about today, but counts. heart health is health and yeah. health is health, right? Like so one like, of the things I've seen people advertising is the EKG that the Apple Watch offers. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, a 12 lead EKG, you have to like oh, yeah. go at different I know, angles. I, just, I was yeah. like, heart. like you're doing that from yeah, a, on your leg yeah. or everywhere, right? But the biggest scam I thought was like during COVID, everyone's checking out oh, their, their oxygen, oxygen or the, a bit like iron mail oh yeah my, so, uh, my watch yeah i'm oxygen. like listen if your oxygen level or is is like 89 it's You'll not because of your training yeah. yeah and they're starting to be like oh my oxygen level was low today I'm like it's really not stop it yeah stop it Just, and like if your yeah. oxygen level was really low you would know yeah and there's a very definite <laughs> feeling yeah <laughs> or you or you have you, you were climbing mountains exactly right. so it, it, i agree with you it just drives me nuts it's like stop stop <laughs> so what about like watches that supposedly monitor your blood pressure yeah Are i'm curious legit? to know how how that happens without uh, um, a blood a pressure cuff, cuff. Right. right you can actually take a, a blood pressure without hearing it right. but, but you need a cuff right and be able to feel the brain pulse right but like i'm always like educate well, me on how that thing, happens right? so you have to cut off the blood off, supply and yeah then you open it and when does that bump come yes right? exactly and to my knowledge my garment your, doesn't your watch do isn't that. doing that it's yeah. not going to restrict anything yeah, yeah. So yeah. i'm like oh that's technology like what and right. why don't we have that for people who actually need, need it, it. Yeah. like we're selling all these glucose monitors for people but what about the diabetics who can't get it past insurance right actually right. Need it? right right I it's another one of those a... instances of this um, not corporate healthcare, yeah. but really that's what it is right it's yeah. like if we have 
we have the money for these things. It's yes. just always in the wrong places. Exactly. <laughs> or the concierge of medicine. You yes. know? Those you are know. really starting to pop up all over the place. It's becoming a big thing. Right. Right. And it's, it, it just, there's so much, um, I mean, emergency, I see it all the time. You know, people are going to be like, oh, these people who don't have healthcare are crowding yeah. the emergency departments. Right. Because there's no place for them. Yeah. Right. Where and you're used go? to your, you know, that's what I used to see all the time. Yeah. Um, I was, it was in the me. early 2000s. Mm-hmm. I worked at Sheehan Memorial, which is close. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And I yeah. just, I worked the night shift in the emergency room as a secretary yeah. because they, I was a college kid and I didn't care. Yeah. And I worked those hours um, to help pay for school. But the people that came in, yeah. They didn't have healthcare. That's yeah. why they were coming in. Exactly. And Sheehan and then ECMC were the only two that had yeah. drug rehab units. Right. So people would come in and um, right after they purchased and used because mm-hmm. they were now out of money and they knew yeah. they were going to be in trouble. Yeah. But so healthcare is pretty tricky here in yeah. this country. Gosh, yeah. That's a whole separate podcast. I was just right. about <laughs> to say, that's a whole other yeah. topic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So if we bring it back to heart health, um, what would you say runners should look for in themselves, like what things would be concerning enough to contact a physician? Right. So if you're running, I'm a fan of wearing a heart rate monitor. Mm -hmm. Now there's always a time when you're like walking and it says 220. Mm -hmm. So I always say you always take your devices with a big grain of salt. Does that make sense? You will feel a certain way when your heart rate's 220. With that being said, if your heart rate is 220, you're going to feel dizzy. Mm -hmm. You're probably going to feel it beating that hard. So if that happens to you in a race, I would slow down. Mm-hmm. I would walk, God right. forbid, because I'd rather have you live it. Hey, trail runners love to <laughs> walk. Right, that's the greatest thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, if you, you know, nausea, some of the symptoms of running an ultra right. or running a 5K couldn't be um, overlapping. So, right. you know, not to get people panicked, but take an inventory. Okay, I'm running a, a six minute mile. This doesn't always feel that comfortable. Um, <laughs> but like my heart rate's probably where it should be. Um, if I'm nauseous, is there a reason for me to be nauseous? Yeah. Right. Um, your left arm probably shouldn't hurt, you know, and you know, right. or either arm shouldn't hurt, you know, when, right. if you're well trained. I would say these are a combination of symptoms. Like, is this different than I mm-hmm. normally feel when I am running an ultra or if I am running a 5k. Um, so what is different? Does that make sense? Does this seem normal? And if it doesn't fit in the normal box of where you are, then I would slow down Mm -hmm. and get yourself to an aid station and hope, hopefully the answer is you're just having an off day. I'd rather that be your, your answer than I'm sitting in an ambulance or even worse. Right. Right now, if you're with a friend, um, Usually, like, even if it's a stranger, you know, mm-hmm. check in on them. Right. If they're throwing yeah. up, stop. <laughs> I think that's one of the things I love so much about the trail running oh, community yeah. compared to the road running. Definitely. Now, I've seen great things in road yes, races, so yes. I don't always want to bash on the road yes. culture. But I people will absolutely give up their yes. goal race that maybe they spent 19, 20 weeks prepping for if they see someone down on the trail, you know, I had trained really hard for muddy sneaker one year and I was running really well. And someone right in front of me twisted her ankle and immediately like three of us that were racing each other hard, just stopped and checked on her. And we realized she wasn't going anywhere on her own. And we carried her, the three of us took turns and we carried her to the next aid station. Uh And our races at that point were over. And then we, the three of us, just jogged to the finish line together because at that point we weren't racing. Right. Um, and I think trail runners, we it happens in our races all the time. Mm-hmm. We we like to, if it happens in one of our races, give that person a free race, right? right? Because right. you gave up your race for a human. 
Um, but not everybody does yeah. that. And it's so yeah. frustrating for me to see sometimes people running around a runner that yeah. fell or stumbled. And it's like, I know you can't, they got to get to the finish line by themselves, but we should be checking on right. people, right? Yeah, there was an interesting incident at the Hawaii Ironman this year where a woman, I think it was a woman, collapsed right before the finish line. Mm. And, you know, you can't, if you're not in the race, you can't help her. Right. Right? So there was this guy who finished and then went back. And I was like, if someone is struggling that bad where they're yeah. four feet from a finish line and, and you can't get there, go, go help them. Right. That's like disgusting to me. Right. But you're so right in the future. I haven't, and I'm, I always say I'm a wannabe trail runner because, like, <laughs> I listen trail to runner. trail runner podcasts because it's so much more holistic than the techie, yeah. like, triathletes yeah. that I live in. But 100%, like, there's a there's a thing about trail runners where they're more like family. Yeah. Um, it's such an interesting environment. I like, feel like I it's the, the history of the sport, right? Yeah. Where it just was a group of people that loved being outside and they started meeting up places yeah. and then they started saying, how fast can we do this? And then they started racing each other yeah. and it sort of grew so organically and it avoided money for so long. Yes. But yes. now this year money is huge. Yeah. Ironman and UTMB right. are buying up events from local producers that have done great races. And I'm, I am a little concerned that we're going to lose that yeah. feel and it's something that we probably have a whole episode planned on. Yeah. And I know um, this is totally right. off topic, but I've been watching that when I, cause yeah. you know, I live in Ironman I world, was just gonna say so, that's what you do, but yeah. when they bought those races, yep. weren't there some other races that said, we're not going to allow those yes. races mm -hmm. to be, that is bold. Yeah. I, yes. I was like, Oh, let me watch this. It's great. Yeah. And you I know? for one yeah. support it and some people don't, but I think I it's think interesting. It's, you know, hey, if, if I can't run your race without qualifying, why should I let my yeah. race be a qualifier for yours? I thought that you was know? an interesting, smart move from yeah, those races. So, yeah. We'll have a whole episode yeah, on Yeah, for that. sure. I'm, I'm, excited. <laughs> I'm excited for that episode. Yeah. So what else do we got, though, on, on our hearts? Um, <laughs> yeah. So is there anything that you should look for as a runner if you come up on someone right. who is struggling? Yeah. The first thing, like, I always go, like, head to toe, mm -hmm. like, like I was in a race where I had a concussion and I didn't know my name. Jeez. And I remember someone asking me and I was like, my first or last? And they were like, <laughs> either. I'm like, I'm not really sure. And I remember like oh being gosh. like, I was like, well, my number is, you yeah. know? And so do they know who they are? I know that right. sounds bananas, but you guys have been out there. You mm -hmm. understand yeah. that. Are they breathing? Mm -hmm. You know, I always put my hand, I'll just do a little like this, like, what is their pulse? Mm -hmm. You know, is it regular? Like try to do an assessment as best you can. You don't have to be a healthcare professional to know that. Right. Um, and I would do your best to, you know, you, you know, when you're hurt, your like instinct is to go on, go on. Right. But when you're hurt, you're not always logical. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, in our sport. So I would highly encourage someone come with me. I will take you to an aid station. I will help I'm you. Not leave do you. not leave yeah. them alone. Now, if you come across someone who's down, that's tricky mm -hmm. because like we always say with you don't kids, know why they went down. yeah, airway, breathing, circulation, right. you right. really got to push them. <laughs> um, with kids, they say, you know, do a minute of CPR, then go get help with an adult, start CPR right away. We all hopefully run. I, I hate running with my phone, mm -hmm. but like if mm -hmm. I'm somewhere remote, right. I, I have to, you know, but yeah. you know, if someone's down, you airway, breathing, circulation. And if you don't know CPR, and you know you you can quickly assess whether someone is sleeping, right, <laughs> which right. I guess happens in ultras. Yeah, <laughs> sure, yeah. yeah which you get, would, you get could you imagine me? I'll be like, "Are you okay, or, Annie? Annie? No, all right." <laughs> but um, don't be don't be afraid if you really feel like someone is down. You're not going to get sued. You right. know what I mean? Like, right. and if you don't know CPR, like you, everyone's seen it enough on TV. Mm -hmm. 
just compress and yeah. we always joke not joke but like the song if you remember is you know staying stay alive, alive stay alive yeah. but you know you there can't is hurt a to... hilarious office episode over there yes! she's yeah. trying to teach that and Andy's like... <laughs> that's so true that's so true yeah. and you know what do your best and you know yeah. it's it's if you can do your best and sometimes you're in a rebel location right and you have to go for help and right. it's a horrible decision to have to make right it really is but if you don't have a phone and all that you know right but encourage someone who's conscious to get get to safety um you can always lay someone down get their feet up to try to right. get blood circulation back up towards their head if they're just kind of passing out sort of mm -hmm. thing if you've got nutrition dump it in their mouth yeah you know because when you come upon someone who's down especially on a trail Oh my God, it could be one of a million things. Oh, they could have tripped oh, and fallen. Right. They could have had a heart issue. They could have low blood sugar. Yeah. They could be they could dehydrated. Be I didn't yeah. know that was a thing yeah, until literally recently. some of these long races, sometimes yeah. people leave an aid station and they say, I just need a minute. And they use their pack and they just lay on the side of the trail. That's and they a take a night 10 minute little nap, you know, and then up off they go yeah. feeling refreshed. So, yeah, I think like you said, though, making sure yeah. those ABCs, the, that you're checking the the basics. Yeah, you know? and and you can't hurt someone who's dead. And I this, I just a have really to good be piece of advice. have to be. And, and I don't know. I guess I would have to look it up. Like, has anyone ever been sued for trying to save someone and not being able to? Like, well, I guess that's. I, I would imagine because there's the Good yeah. Samaritan. Law, yeah, exactly. Right? So exactly. I think in this country, probably. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I hope that's. I, I hope that's not a reason to not help someone. Right. But my gosh, no. There's no race in the world, no world championship, right. no amount of money that should be more important than, than someone a fellow life. athlete mm -hmm. being left behind. Absolutely. Like this is a luxury, regardless of who you right. are. Mm -hmm. Like, come on. Yeah. I don't care if you're winning. Yeah. <laughs> There's just nothing more important than helping someone out. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's and, a great way to look at it too, is like yeah. that we in every one of the sports, I know Ironman could not be any more different than like a trails ride. <laughs> yeah, race, totally. But at the end of the day, we talk about this sense of community. Yeah. And if we are in this because we believe in the community, we should be in it for each other, no exactly. matter what, right? Exactly, yeah. exactly. I think of the people who've helped me along the way, mm -hmm. right? And um, you know, I know I've always stopped, or you know, there's, there's, there's just nothing better. And then you know, karma will reward you mm -hmm. <laughs> or get you. <laughs> yeah. You might have to wait a little while. Yeah, right. I mean, karma imagine does. that could be anyone in your family I being know. left behind. Yeah. Oh my god! Oh my god! So yeah. Is there anything else that we should touch on in regards to uh, American Heart Health Month and cardiac health? <laughs> There's a lot of free um, certifications or trainings mm -hmm. going. I mean, Damar Hamlin's doing a beautiful yes. job of bringing to light yeah. like the need. I don't know if you guys saw that recent episode where they're like, what happened? And he's like, I'm not ready. To, I don't want to talk yeah. about it. Yeah. I really felt for him in that moment because he didn't choose to have CPR performed on yeah. himself right. in front of millions. And like he doesn't have to be out there talking to anybody right, right now. Right. So like we we don't have any right to know right. why. So I am like a yeah. oftentimes overly public person. I, I share Same. almost all of, <laughs> almost all of my life. I share. Um, Sheila is not always that way, but we um, we lost a very close friend, and mm -hmm. we watched CPR being uh. performed on that person, and. Um, I want we'll get through that by talking to everybody. I want right. the world to know. But other people might say, hey, I'm I'm never talking about this. Yes. Mm -hmm. But when the DeMar Hamlin thing happened, there was 
for both of us, we were watching the game and I was just like, oh my God. I'm like, is this happening again? Yeah. I'm like, again, I don't know this guy. Yeah. But it's just, you just sort of feel that way. So I, I agree. I don't think he owes anybody anything. Exactly. People are like, oh, people donated money to his charity. Okay. That was thank your you. choice. Also, like, thank you for donating. Yeah. You for you know? doing the right thing. And he yeah. So, I mean, the so. trauma of going through what he went through is so big. So yes. I really credit him for bringing right. so much attention. Right. But because of that, he's really putting forth initiatives to get yeah. people certified. Right. It feels like it's all over the place. Yeah. It I, does. Well, he's taking yeah. a a chunk of this money that yeah. was donated and his goal is to get everyone CPR be, certified, right? Like what a great, amazing yeah. goal. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think we can take some of that gumption forward into yeah. our own communities yeah. and say, Hey, we should all be doing this, you know, yeah. and we might host another event for yeah, survival and, and get people in. And I bet you that our numbers would be higher mm -hmm. than they because were before. Um, we didn't struggle to fill the class before, no, I, but I think we would probably have definitely. a waiting list, you know? And I remember like there's, and this is not, not a current statistic, but someone like when we brought that guy back from, um, summer sizzler race, mm -hmm. they're like, that's really extraordinary because in the field, CPR is only 15% effective. Yeah. And I was like, not only yeah. it is 15, that's right. a 15% chance. The way that you look, have yeah. to look at it. It's like that. Yeah. Growth mindset. It's zero. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's better than zero. So like you can't hurt someone who's dead. Right. You can only increase yeah. their chances and get certified yeah. or just watch a video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That it is even. Yeah. Better. I was just going to say even watching yeah, a video, absolutely. but I think. I mean, it's so easy to find places Especially right, right now. now. Right. Yeah. And they've, they've taken the complication out of it. Right. They don't have to do those strips anymore. Yeah. Um, so I feel like they've made it more accessible. Absolutely. I feel like that might be a, a really strong place for us to end today yes. with the recommendation yeah. of everybody should, should get this certification sure. and then mm -hmm. they should stay certified on it. Mm -hmm. um, know when it expires <laughs> and, um, and talk to your friends and families about also getting it. Absolutely. Um, because those certifications, regardless of what, why you think things are happening, they save lives. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a great place for us to wrap up. Um, with that, we'll end February yes. with um, a bunch of really awesome episodes that I think are worth really going back this month. 100%. and listening to. Awesome. And next month, we're going to kick off March and it's Women's History Month. I will be taking a little bit of a step back and Sheila will take over with five unique guests um, that are all women that will be talking about their experiences within the world of running maybe oh, cool. some, some moms uh, exercise physiologists dietitians and we're going to talk about all of the issues that impact women in running and maybe even some really cool historical notes of women in running and within the trail running community so that's going to be happening in march and we're super excited about that so um until then you guys can have everybody subscribe at, you know we're on uh anywhere you subscribe to your podcast you can find us or you can just pick it up at trailsrock.org um, and we're going to go from there. And don't forget to check out Mary's podcast also. And we'll put that right in the, in show, the show notes. notes. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, Mary, thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you, guys. It was awesome to chat. Yeah. All right. Adios, everybody. Bye. Sounds Thank you.